God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God tell me? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the, the Bible is a, a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident. And I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza. Jesus said we'd recognise his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Hearing God's voice in dreams and visions is common in the African church. Some churches even have a resident dream interpreter who offers counsel to congregation members about their dreams. What can we learn from this part of the world where Christianity is growing the fastest and where hearing the voice of the Spirit in this way is a regular occurrence? Hi, and welcome to episode 45 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, author, and founder of this ministry that equips you to recognise and respond to God's voice. Today we're talking to a friend of mine and a fellow PhD student. Anna Droll is an ordained minister with the American Assemblies of God and founder of Kairos Global Missions. Her ministry is focused in Africa, where she also served as communications coordinator for Global Teen Challenge Africa from 2014 to 2017. Anna is an adjunct professor at Southeastern University and Northwest University and is nearing the end of her PhD work at Fuller Seminary, where she's exploring the topic of dreams and visions in African Pentecostal spirituality. She's also a woman who is passionate about prayer and healing, has a heart of compassion for everyone she meets, and offers some profound insights into this interesting and important topic. Well, it's a great privilege to have Anna on the God Conversations this afternoon. And we're recording from the beautiful state of Tennessee over in the US of A. And Anna herself is from the US. Welcome, Anna, to the podcast. Thank you, Tanya. Glad to be here. Wonderful to be here. Both of us have been attending an academic conference this week. So we're at the end of it. Our brains are full of new ideas and a little bit mushy, at least mine is. You're probably a absolutely yes. This point. I, I call it intellectual aerobics. Totally. <laughs> kind of strenuous. That's exactly right. And we need more sugar, don't we, to keep <laughs> us going? Um, but I, I asked Anna to be on the podcast because what she is studying is so interesting in her PhD studies. And as I've just introduced, we're talking about the dreams and visions mm. that um, people are experiencing in Africa. Mm-hmm. And you've got a missions heart, haven't you? So tell us a little bit about Anna, just a, a bit of a snapshot about your spiritual journey and what led you to doing this study on dreams and visions. Well, I was in London in 2011 and a gentleman at the church came up to me and said, I, you know you're going to go to Africa. The people are waiting for you there. You're going to be going to several countries. Um, it, it came to pass, actually, and that's why I am in Africa. The steps did lead me onto the continent. And um, I began to dream uh, uh, some years ago and uh, began to muse on the fact that um, dreams are biblical and that God was actually speaking to me. And when I was in London and saw what um, the West Africans are doing, in the movement, the Christian movement in London itself, I was fascinated and I was very curious as to what was at the core of that movement. Mm-hmm. And I, I wondered if dreams and visions were moving uh, these, these brothers and sisters to do what they were doing. 
One of the things in my own studies in this area is I've discovered that Westerners are much more cautious in this area and I'm guessing that the people that you've interacted in Africa are much more open to dreams and visions. Would that be true? Well, you know, uh, it is true. I, it, in my uh, adventures in the past few years, I got three unsolicited reports about dreams and visions at the core of, of, the, of the missions. One was in Tanzania, one was in Ghana, and one was in Togo. Where people were... When you say reports, what, yeah. do you, what do you mean by that? So I'm hanging out at a conference mm -hmm. and an Assemblies of God pastor tells me why he is involved in reaching drug addicts. He had a vision. Mm. He said, I, I saw, I saw a, a piece of white paper floating yes. from heaven. In the vision, I went to it. I grabbed it. I read it. And it said, Jesus for addicts. And he told me, you know, Anna, I, I, didn't, in, I didn't know the first thing about the drug culture. But it, what he did was he took that as a word from God, and then he proceeded to find out about how to minister to drug addicts. Yeah. And it's interesting, doesn't it mirror the biblical testimony as well? I, of, I often say that if you have a look at the scriptures, that some of the most pivotal points in biblical history began while someone was sleeping. It began in a dream or a vision. Yes. And that testimony says, actually, it's still happening today and it's happening in Africa. So tell me then, what is your study? What, is that, what does that look like? You've been to Africa, you've talked to a bunch of people about their dreams and visions. What does your study, what's, what's, what's it look like? Well, I'm really interested in, uh, in developing Pentecostal theology about the way Pentecostal people think. And I'm really interested in that because um, people who observe the Pentecostal movement on the African continent um, make their own uh, assumptions and assessments. Yeah. But I really wanted to go to individuals and ask them, why do you do what you do? And what's yeah. moving you? And where's yeah. this mission impetus coming from? So a little bit of background. Uh, is it, uh, I'm not great on my stats here, but mm. I think the Pentecostal movement is extremely fast growing in Africa. Is that right? Well, uh, absolutely, yes. Everyone's talking about the shift from the North, uh, or some call it the West. Um, like Philip Jenkins in his book, uh, re one of his books, to the global south. So yeah. um, the action is happening in the south and southern uh, movements are Pentecostal movements. They are charismaticized. They are moves of the spirit. Um, so when we're just, just for the, um, mm -hmm. some people might be listening and not familiar yeah. with the word Pentecostal so much. When we talk about Pentecostal, we're talking about churches that practice the gifts of the spirit and yeah. who consider that as we read the book of Acts, mm -hmm. that that's possible today. Yeah. And so some of the biggest, fastest growing movements in the world are amongst Pentecostal churches. Mm -hmm. And Pentecostal churches too, uh, often have a theology around hearing God's voice that involves dreams and visions. Yes. So how many people did you interview? I interviewed 77 personal interviews and 137 written surveys on dreams and visions in their personal lives and uh, in their spirituality. A fantastic, mm. fantastic study. So tell me, what did you find about dreams and visions? Now, what, what are some of the things you've learned? You're getting towards the end of your, yeah. your thesis yeah. and you're studying at Fuller Theological Seminary. But tell me, what have you found? <laughs> I found out that dreams and visions are so spiritually enriching to the church in the African nations, at least in the four contexts that mm -hmm. I visited. Now, I don't in any way, you know, um, I don't s 
speak in such a way that, wow, these are all Africans. No, these are specific Africans in certain specific particular contexts. And that is um, Togo, an area in Togo, an area in Ghana, an area in Nigeria, and an area in Tanzania. But what I found is that they unabashedly state that their dreams and visions are just nourishing them, edifying them, speaking to them. They have received downloads about what types of ministries they should be doing, what titles they, of, they should put on their ministries, where they should go. Mm-hmm. What's so the specific information? Uh, specific, from mm. very mm. specific things. And there are, I, I contend that there's a root metaphor uh, that these visionaries consistently uh, hone in on unsolicited they will share about how dreams and visions um, encourage them in their victory over the dark forces. So I I call it a political theology of spiritual warfare. I take that term from a Nigerian Pentecostal theologian, Nimi Woriboko. But that theme is predominant in the visionaries that I interviewed. So can you give us an example of the kind of spiritual dreams that these people are having, who you've interviewed? Yeah, yeah, wow. A gentleman in Cameroon, uh, he had a dream. His daughter was caught in a witchcraft cult called the Mamiwata cult. And um, she had become estranged and had uh, roamed away from home for some time. And he was in prayer for her and had an experience that was trance-like, so we call it a vision. And he saw an angel with a sword going out to rescue his daughter. Mm -hmm. And not long after, I I believe it was the same day, he got a phone call from her. Mm -hmm. Daddy, can you come pick me up? Mm -hmm. I'm at the the edge of the river down here. Mm -hmm. And um, she was returned to her family and delivered from that cult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just God showing people what's happening behind the scenes, if you like. I know that you've recently called your some of your journal article Piercing the Veil. Yeah. God really taking, you know, a little peek behind the curtain about what's going on in the spiritual realm. Would yes. that be an accurate way of describing it? It really is. And I've been told um, in West Africa and Tanzania that um, dreams and visions, visions reveal the true spiritual, spiritual state. They're quite diagnostic mm-hmm. for these men and women. Mm-hmm. There are counselors in the church who, um, when they're ministering, they ask, in fact, a gentleman in Enugu, mm-hmm. uh, an older gentleman who has made it his focus now to do counseling and uh, a parachurch ministry, and so people come to him. And he asks them to write out their most recent dreams, and he uses them to find out what's really behind the curtain, piercing the veil. What's interesting to me is that, in say, in a Western nation such as Australia, you will get dream therapy in counseling training and in psychology training, but you're not likely to get it so much in the church. 
Which is interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? Where is that overlap, do you think? <laughs> I know that's a really big question. <laughs> the overlap. <laughs> well, here, here you go, because I think, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll always say that there are different sources of dreams. Everybody dreams, we all know that. And often our dreams give some solutions to some of the problems that we're going through. That doesn't mean that they're a God dream. Right. Um, God dreams are often, defined, often defined by new information or unknown or downloads from that are supernatural that are outside of our yeah. our knowledge or our expertise I think but um but what, how do you think they handle that or have you come have you come across that in your studies well, here's what I think about the church in, in the West. I think the church in the West um, is going to have to rediscover the way that we, we call this epistemology, the way that um, that the church uh, the apostles and the disciples, received downloads. And for the church to rediscover that today in the West, um, it's going to look like the church is having to uh, perhaps venture out into the fringes and kind of get, get out into the, into the context of culture and, and, and overlap in the areas of psychoanalysis, psychology, dream, um, clinical work with dreams. But, but this is all natural in, in the African context. Yeah, this is very normal for them. Yeah, you know, I, this is my frustration too. I think sometimes I'll, I'll mention, oh no, God spoke to me in a dream. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. God spoke to me in a dream. That's why, you know, of a house or whatever. And in the Western context, people roll their eyes and put you in a box and think you're a bit odd. That's not the case in Africa, is it? It's not the case. And I'm not saying they don't uh, analyze them indiscriminately. A discernment is very high, a very, a very high order in the church and they have to be very careful. But there is a hermeneutical process mm. that our brothers and sisters are going through there and um, they are using the Bible and they are doing the best assessment communally. So nobody is analyzing these dreams in isolation and that's very important. Yeah. But what's really interesting, as I share about my work in the West, I am finding that more and more people Hmm. have these experiences here in the West. They are just going unheeded. Oh, and let me I, tell you. I know. <laughs> Even in my own studies, because, you know, uh, for me, I teach a couple of different seminars. One's on dreams and visions. And my other seminar, the General God Conversations one, is much more popular. Um, but when I start talking to people, even in my own PhD studies, a third of the people I spoke to heard from God in a dream. And you just don't see people talk about it as much. I think it goes underground a little bit. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, I believe that Pentecostalism has, abs has absorbed an evangelical way of thinking about how we know that is not congruent hmm. with our Pentecostal experience. And I think we need, we need to um, talk about and articulate in our theology, how, how do we know? Yeah. Um, well, the Bible, yeah. I, I, you know, I think the scriptures give us examples, plenty of them, where people know God through their experience Absolutely. and God reveals himself. Were there, were there any other themes that were picking up that you were picking up as you were listening to people, what, what sort of things was God saying in their dreams? Wow, God was telling them what to do next. God was telling women what to do next. Like and, what, for example? Oh, gosh. I, I arrived uh, at a spot in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, where we, were, we just went to observe their ministry. 
uh, and it was a woman that had um, gained a reputation in the church of the Assemblies of God for what she was doing on the street with the youth at risk. So we came and we were sitting in some plastic chairs and, and she got up to explain her ministry and the first thing she said was, I had a dream. I dreamt of the map of Tanzania and I felt God was saying, reach the youth of the entire nation. And so I've begun right here. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just something out of the Bible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, many, many stories of people, uh, a gentleman in Ghana, a Muslim gentleman in West Africa, and, um, and he was sick and he had a vision, and he was healed in the vision by two people dressed in white. And uh, one of them said to go preach Jesus um, back in your tribe. Now, you know, um, people generally now want to get free from the village life and go to urban areas. He had to make a decision. And he took that word as a divine word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he acted on it, went Mm -hmm. back to his little rural area Mm -hmm. to evangelize. And did he get healed? Oh, yes, he was healed. Yeah, did, yeah, I, did I not yeah, tell yeah, that missed, part? Well, it was, a vision, yes. it was a vision of him getting healed. Did he get healed he in the did, vision or physically. when he woke up? He oh, okay, did. okay, wonderful. Yeah. What a fascinating situation. You know, I can't imagine that ever happening in the Western church. I wonder why that is. We're going to talk more about that question as well as some other findings from Anna's research right after this break. You're listening to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. Did you know you can subscribe to the program's podcast on iTunes? Simply look up God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. Then you can listen to the program on your smartphone or tablet or computer, wherever you happen to be. That's the God Conversations with Tanya Harris podcast on iTunes. Why not check it out today? What can we learn from your studies? Mm -hmm. And what can we learn from the Africans? For those of us who are really wanting to learn what it is to hear God's voice, and perhaps we haven't had our own visionary experiences like that. Mm. What, what can we learn from your studies? What can we learn from the experience of church leaders I, and members yeah, in Africa? I really believe that, that in this world of, of global interaction, that our good God is allowing us to interact with uh, members of, the, of what we call the Global South, right? In order to um, revive in us an expectation I believe that um, we need to be open and expectant that God just may speak. You know, Paul Alexander wrote a book, and Paul says in that book, um, Pentecostal, uh, let's see, in Pentecostalism, something to this effect, in Pentecostalism, God can be expected uh, to, to give a divine message, even if it means messing up a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, messing up your, and messing up your plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I, in my own studies, even looking through the book of Acts, every time God speaks, it disrupts, changes. Mm. It, it disturbs. It requires a change of attitude or a change of plan or a new ministry or... Tanya, you're absolutely right. And there's an aspect that I'm going to bring out in my dissertation, the subversive aspects of dreams. Um, and, and could that be why they are not as welcomed in certain spaces? And um, 
it's very interesting that that could be part of why, I mean, we see in the history of, uh, of the role of dreams and visions in, in new uh, prophetic movements. Yeah, it creates, that's, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, Wherever you yeah. see God speaking, there's something new. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's changed, there's growth, and I think that humanity naturally resists that we like comfort, we like to be stable, things to stay the same. But whenever you you start listening to the Holy Spirit, you're going to need to grow, you're going to need to change. And there's often newness coming, there's something. And so the Holy Spirit stirs it up. At the God says, you know, I do nothing without first speaking it. So he, he looks for one, he, he looks for someone who says, who's willing, I'm going to speak. And now that begins something new. Yeah. And I think that if you're onto something, yeah. Definitely. What about your own life, Anna? How has God spoken to you through dreams and visions in your own life? You've got quite a story as well. That's... Yes, God has spoken um, in various ways about about things going on, sometimes in people's lives. Um, just in one case, um, I was going to be part of a deliverance session with a woman uh, in California. And in the dream, uh, prior to that deliverance session, um, I was, the way I interpreted, let me, let me qualify it like this, the way I interpreted the dream, it gave me a very optimistic, when I woke up, I said, this is going to be a good day and she's going to get her victory. And indeed she did. But I, I think that that dream affected me um, I believe in God's grace. He wanted me to go into the situation confident. And that's what that dream did for mm. me. Mm. God often does that, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He speaks to encourage and to exhort us. And yes. to, I think even when he speaks of the future, the mm. reason, one of the reasons why he shows us who we can be, and you'll often see, uh, I believe that God shows us where we're headed so that then we then start to walk in that direction, but we also become that person. And that can take time, can't it, sometimes? Yes, mm. yes, yes. God is good to give us indications. You know, the Bible says we should be like children. And if we're willing to hear his simple voice, um, I've learned that God can speak most definitely through even the smallest child to us if we're just willing to listen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I asked you one other thing that we can learn from the Afri- on our African brothers and sisters. Would you like to close with perhaps one thought that we can learn from those testimonies? I think, I, I think we can learn that God does care about the specifics and the particular specifics of our, our present day life. Can you think of an example to support? Yes, I can, absolutely. I was in May, I was trying to, or in uh, the year 2011, I was trying to figure out when I should actually fly out uh, to London on an evangelism trip that I was planning and I hadn't bought my ticket yet. I had a dream, (laughs) I love that phrase, I had a dream, that I was in an elevator that went up 144 floors When I woke up, I said, could it be that God wants me to count out 144 days? And that's what I did. I mean, again, there's an interpretive process that goes on with the visionary, the dreamer. And um, that's how I did it. That's how I interpreted it. Because that was my present day dilemma. Mm -hmm. 
So I counted out 144 days and I flew out. I bought that ticket for that time and flew out. And it placed me in London at the exact moment where the prophet walked up to me. So that few weeks that I was there, two things happened. The prophet at the church um, came up to me and said, you're not going to China where you think you're planning you and your husband to go on short-term mission. They're actually waiting for you in Africa. And then seven days later, on the other side of the city of London, I ran into a Ghanaian Assemblies of God minister, and I'm Assemblies of God, and he invited me to come plant a church in Ghana. So, but he now was in Ghana, in London for only a short time. So I would have missed that window of time entirely if I had not been placed in London right in that mm. time. Mm. Awesome. Well, it's been great to have you on the podcast today. And I thank you so much for sharing your story and some of your studies. And watch this space. At the end of your studies, there may be a book. Would that be right? I would be so happy. Yes, thank you, Tanya. It's been great talking to you. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 